Hey everyone, and welcome. This is Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop, pop culture. We are a geek podcast for geek cu- culture. So, are you ready to get your geek on? Sit back, relax, put on that Ninja Turtle onesie, warm up those chimichangas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pop, pop X Cast. To Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. Welcome everybody. This is PopX Cast, episode 107, coming to you live from PopX headquarters, right here, only on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. And uh, we have some pretty cool stuff coming up for you on this episode of PopX. And uh, just do a quick intro of myself, and then we're going to get to these awesome guys, these these crazy cats over here next door to me. But welcome everyone to PopX joining live in the Facebook Live and the YouTube Live chat rooms. Hey, uh, you want to come hang out with us and join some of the collective, creative collectives that is all the creative people that do some amazing things in the creative multiverse. Now, what is the creative multiverse? It is a Facebook group that highlights some of the artistic talents within the multiverse of the PopX world. So join us on Facebook groups. You can go there and search for the creative multiverse. And we're also uh, an amazing part of the creative multiverse as PopX cast. And my name is Joseph Burke. I am Central Florida's seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. And I would personally like to say a big hello to all of our amazing friends joining us live from around the world and on Facebook Live joining us right now. We got... Oh my gosh, look at the chat room right now. We have uh, Lindsey Badger, we have Sean Hockney, Sean Cook, uh, we have, uh, let's go down here, Josh Lambert. What's up, Josh? Haven't seen you in a long time. Hope you're doing well. And a host of others I can't even scroll back and see. But getting on to the topic, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only from Jersey's finest, OM53. Guys, what's cracking in Jersey on this cold February night? What's up? Um, <laughs> It's cold. It's cold, but you get used to it. At you least get... I do. Mariah. Does it. No. Now, Mariah, are you from Jersey originally? Yeah. You are. Okay. Yeah. Well, Florida. I'm. A, I technically am from Kentucky, but I'm an acclimated Floridian now. 
And uh, when it gets 55 degrees, it's cold outside for me. And I, I'm one of those crazy Floridians that wears the big, thick sweaters when it's that freaking cold outside. So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so right off the bat, I want you guys to introduce yourselves. We'll go from Scott to Maria. Let's Just let me know what you guys do in the band, what's your role, and, you know, let's just start there. Sure. Uh, yeah, so my name is Scott Nash. Um, I do kind of the drums, drum pad, and uh, backup vocals. Nice. My name's Chris Araya, and uh, I'm the lead vocalist, producer, songwriter, and whatever else is needed. My name is um, Mariah, and I am a vocalist, and I help out with whatever's needed. Nice. And together, collectively, you form ON53, right? And I'm, and I'm, am I saying that correctly? ON53? Okay. So let's talk about the title before we talk about the band. What does ON53 mean? ON53 um, means On Mission 53. And 53 stands for Isaiah 53. I knew you were going there to Isaiah 53. Yeah. Wow. Scott wants to expand a little bit. Yeah, on. man. What, so on mission. So you're on a mission to, to, to just spread, I guess, the gospel in, in a faith-based lyric genre that appeals right now to the culture we're living in, which is synthwave. Scott, what do you got to add to that? Yeah, so, I mean, just we're, we're on a mission to spread the message that, you know, we, we find very clearly in Isaiah 53 of this servant king who, who came and bore the price that we deserve on the cross. Mm-hmm. To us, that's the most important message we can share. That that is the most important message that anybody can hear at, at any point in life. So, um, whether it's for you know another Christian like yourself or people who aren't familiar with the gospel at all, that's that's the message we all need to hear daily. So that's what that's about. I didn't know that OM was on mission, and that's just beautiful. Just how it's it's in a way it's poetry but gospel in motion. You know. And I love that about it. All right, so let's let's talk. Uh, let's let's dive into this right quick. Why synthwave? Why did you choose the genre of synthwave as your sound? Well, as cliche as it sounds, why? Because God wanted it to. Period. Because we definitely um, were not planning on doing this. If anything, it was like God switched completely what we wanted to do. Um, we remember at the time when we first started as a band, we were part of the church and we were part of the ministry and wanted to just kind of create music for that church. And um, when Scott and I took a road trip down to Nashville, uh, Scott and I were listening to Synthwave and he had introduced me to it. And for some time already, I had felt like, okay, well, I like what we're doing, but I feel like that's already been done. And also, the whole contemporary Christian uh, genre thing, uh, it's super saturated. And, yeah. like, if you, need, if you need to listen to worship music, like, if you talk to, like, a normal person, they'll say, oh, yeah, like, there's Hillsong, there's Elevation, or whatever else you're into. Jesus culture, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's already out there. And, like, in a way, it's like, well, that, you know, they already took care of that. So, you know, we have been praying for a while just for direction. And um, when Scott and I came back from Nashville, I just knew in my heart, I was like, this is it. Because number one, there is a whole culture of people 
that are in this thing called the synthwave scene that nobody's reaching. No, nobody is bringing the message of salvation to. And also, like, synthwave is amazing. Mm. Awesome. I think it's mm-hmm. one of the things that, um, one of the genres, because we haven't had a genre, like, kind of be born for, like, a long, long time. And synthwave is a thing that literally, it was just born not that many years ago. So to be part of this whole movement and to be the first Christian band to do it, um, we thought it was an honor to be able to do that. And, mm. and it was a risk. It was a risk because, number one, Synthwave isn't mainstream yet in the secular world. It's no. really not. Even though we've had people like The Weeknd uh, try to do things like it, uh, Lady Gaga has tried to do some stuff. But yeah. like, it's not. It's, that's, it's not Synthwave yet. Um, and in the Christian scene, it's almost like nobody even knows what that is. No, um, no, you're so true. So when we dive into that, we said, well, you know what? It's a, it's a risk that we're willing to take because there is a need. And when there's a need, God will provide. Mm. Because it's not about us. It's not about the music. It's about the people that God has a heart for and that he wants to reach. So that's how we know that like our mission isn't even ours. Our music is not ours. It's like what God wants to do. So if any if anything, it makes what we do so much easier and less stressful because we know that none of it depends on us. Absolutely none of it. So we we're just like super grateful with God to have opened up this whole synthwave thing for us to be used just as instruments. Wow. So the the mission gives you permission to spread the Great Commission. And I love that. And so uh, did you see that? That little yeah, I'm getting some pastoral vibes here, Chris. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm hearing you speak, and I'm like, okay, this is all right. He, he's got the flow here. So, uh, did I hit the nail on the head, or is? Um. Well, I've always uh, had a pastoral heart, mm-hmm. and definitely um, Scott and I, when we uh, were part of uh, Oasis Church, we were uh, kind of part of a, a mentoring team, mm-hmm. pastors in training, and we, we've always had the heart. To, to pastor people but i mean i don't know it would what god has in the future yeah but i know right now you know, i just have a heart for people yeah well i mean let's let's talk about synthwave for a second now it, to our viewers and listeners out there who have no idea exactly what synthwave is it, it it's it's hearkening back to i want to say the birth stages of 80s pop where there is this vibe in the 80s using um, music techniques with arpeggios and heavy synth overtones. Now, if you don't know what heavy synth overtones is, it's the string sounds and the horn swells and just the really cool, like, melodic guitars. Uh, You can even call it Dreamwave if you want. But today, fast forward 2020, uh, we're synthwave, the sound, the aesthetic, and the style of synthwave is making a huge comeback. Now, I've been following Synthwave since 2015. Um, you know, when it, when it really started picking up momentum, uh, people like Scandroid and just, you know, all these artists out on Spotify, and I would just add them to this playlist and start, that's how I'd found a lot of these musical artists that were in the genre. And hearing it done in a modern style with a, a retro vibe is, is, is one thing. But hearing it done from the basis of faith is a whole new level. And 
it's something I've never heard before because I'm always scouring for the latest synthwave song to add to my playlist. Because when I go work out or create graphics in Photoshop, I got to have some music to get myself going. And my gosh, your music is just amazing. And, and we're going to actually play a song here uh, in just a little bit. We're going to play uh, Defender, the title track of uh, your, your album. Uh, we're going to be sharing a lot of these details as we come out. So let's talk about Scott and Maria. Um, so how did you guys get collectively involved with Chris into the project? Maria, ladies first, maybe? Oh, um, well, I was a part of Oasis Church um, for about uh, like four years ago. And um, in the beginning, uh, Dave, who was the pastor, um, he wanted to build a church in Rutgers, mm. uh, like a student-led church. So um, he asked me if I wanted to be a part of the worship team there. So I said, um, yes, of course. And then... Um, we started building a team slowly and Scott was like the first person that um, was there for like drumming and all that stuff and um, then Chris came along like later on and um, Chris was the worship leader there and you know we all got along like together and he asked us if we wanted to be a part of a band like outside of church and we all agreed because we all that's like something we wanted to do and like from there on like started building this band and people came people left but surprisingly just me and scott like really stuck around for this so now really what what is your connection maria to synthwave i mean were you were you kind of somewhat familiar with the sound and style or going into the project with om53 were you kind of like you already had a basis for it were you familiar kind of not vague uh, I wasn't as familiar as Chris was. I was introduced to it. Um, he introduced us to this, and we were mm -hmm. all like, we were all skeptical about it because it, it hasn't been done before mm -hmm. in the community. So it was like kind of weird. But um, he he would always just say like, just trust me. I have a vision. I have a vision, and we trusted him. And this is how far we've came now. That's so. amazing. I mean, one step is all it takes. A leap. Uh, into a genre. Scott, do you have anything uh, on the same question? What was your basis for synthwave or retro soundscapes? Yes, yeah, so um, I've, I've kind of always liked a lot of different 80s music because that's a lot of what my dad listened to. Mm. Um, but I remember uh, probably back around 2015, 2016, um, sometimes when I would just kind of be hanging out doing nothing, I would watch some people playing games on Twitch, um, and somebody who was, I, I don't remember what I was watching, but he listened to uh, Jason by the Midnight, um, and so that kind of opened the door, because now I have this new genre of music that I'm hearing, and mm -hmm. it's like sounding, but it's not from the 80s, so that led me to explore more into it, where I found, you know, FM84, um, Time Cop, and, and all these guys, and... Time um, Cop, yeah, boy, it's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, so, so then I, I'm like, I love this. I'm like, I think Chris will like this, so I show it to him. He loves it, and then, yeah, kind of where, where he was talking about before, we just felt like, well, let's do it, you know? That's awesome. And it's no, I don't know if it's no by no mistake, you guys are, are three working for one, three and one. I don't know if you realize this symbolism in that. I'm here all week. <laughs> but uh, that's so awesome, though. I mean, it, and... It, 
if if you're just watching right now and you're you're concerned, well not concerned, but you're you're diving into this world of synthwave and you're like, I really want to know more about it. I want to understand the culture, the style, the the aesthetic, if you will. And and not only is it music that goes along with this culture. See, I'm I was born in '79. Now I'm not asking you guys to give your age, but I literally lived through one of the best decades of my life. I mean, I. I saw Marty McFly fly in a DeLorean in 1985 for the first time, and I went and watched E.T. in the theaters, and I got to see all this crazy stuff, and I got to live in the era in which now is a huge part of who I am as a 40-year-old man. It's just not only the graphical style, the old airbrush style with the chrome and all of that, but also it's it's much more. It's, it's, it's well, it's... You know, you you wear, you are what you are, and, and and that's the whole part that I'm trying to convey is it's it's a part of me. It's ingrained in me. I listen to it. I am it, and I design it as a profession. I design graphical artwork. So let's talk a little bit about your your debut. Now, now is Defender your debut album, or was there one before that? Well, Defender is our debut album as on E3. Mm. Uh, prior to that, we had a, the EP project that um, was our thing, just kind of um, figuring out how to record, figuring out how to do it, mm. um, and writing songs together. So that, so that, yeah, figuring out who we were. So that was before diving into synthwave. We just recorded that EP, and then when we came back from Nashville, I came home and I wrote Seasons. Seasons was our first single um, in the synthwave scene. So. Um, Recorded, wrote it, recorded it, released it. Nobody heard it. Simple. Nobody heard it. Nobody liked it because nobody knew what it was, right? Um, and even within the Christian community, they were like, oh, cool. All right, whatever. Um, but it's like, oh, it doesn't sound like Hillsong. Crash. That doesn't sound like Toby Mac. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, like, this wouldn't be on, like, on Star 99.1 or, like, those K-Loves so or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, that was Seasons, but... Um, you know, like I said before, we, we stuck to the mission, and then I wrote the Thunder, and um, and little by little started writing different songs, and then we ended up with the album. But yeah, when we uh, released the Thunder, uh, that's when people get started getting to know who we were because the Thunder has that outrun feel. Like yeah. as soon as you hear the song, like when it starts, yeah. it's like oh, like what is this? Like I don't yeah. know what it is, but what mm-hmm. it is? Like if you've never been introduced to synthwave, you're like this is cool. And it's it's hilarious because like our music has like exploded in Latin America for some reason, and when people call in the radio stations to to request uh, Defender, they're like, "Oh, can we get the song? You know, the Night Rider song. You know, the Night Rider." Really? Yeah, and we're like, "Oh, that's that's hilarious." Because I guess it reminds them of like the Night Rider. Well, it's got that arpeggio sound to it in the beginning, and you've got yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, crazy, so, man. It is. That's how it was. That's cool. Now I gotta ask Chris. I, I'm I'm getting the vibe from Scott Maria that that you're kind of like the '80s retro guy. You're kind of the guy. Now, were you born in the '80s? No, I was born in 1990. 1990. I was born in 1990. You should have been born in the '80s. Yeah, but the thing is, like, um, it depends who you grow up with. Right? Mm. You grow up with people who just live the '80s, like just just live the '80s. And I'm, yeah, so I was like the youngest out of my siblings at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
that's how what they grew up listening to and then people you go to school with and again it just kind of rubs off on you that's crazy cool also, man that just just happened that's crazy cool though i mean 1990 uh you're, you're kind of on the teeter-totter from from 80s culture into 90s culture and what a what a huge freaking gap that was um but what is it about you chris that you you kind of gravitated towards more of the 80s culture lifestyle art aesthetic is is there a reason yeah um and it goes 100 percent with what you said that like you are 80s it's not like you like the 80s you are 80s so it's hilarious because i'm i'm huge into fashion i'm huge into pop culture because the thing about pop culture is that there are some like i'd say dumb things about it but that's what you're living that's what people are doing and i love people and i love connecting with people so pop culture is people if that makes any sense so uh i love the aesthetic of the 80s uh i don't just do 80s when i play a show i don't just dress 80s when I'm on camera, uh, you know, sometimes Mariah's like, where are you going? Why are you dressed <laughs> like that? And I'm like, nowhere. I just like it. He I can just... be in the house just, like, cleaning anything, vacuuming, and he has, like, a full-on 80s outfit, like, with his sneakers to his <laughs> hair. And I'm like, where and, are you going? He's and like, my shirt tucked, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, man. <laughs> yeah, because, like, you, you, you become that. And yeah. I'm, I'm not explain it, but I know I feel you a thousand percent, Chris. I really do. My wife will come home from work and I'll be sitting here at the computer and, you know, I'll be, you know, having my vest on and some kind of crazy looking shirt. And she's like, did you, did you go to church today or have meetings or something? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I may go to Starbucks later, but this is it. This is me. But, um, you know, and before we're going to actually play a cut uh, of your song here coming up uh, at the half hour point. But so are you guys familiar with a lot of the artistic styles of the 80s and some of the people in the industry today that are kind of like leading the charge? You know what I'm talking about? Like when you look at your logo, OM53, you see that chrome. Oh, my gosh. Is it not? Is that not the most beautiful artwork ever? I mean, oh, come yeah. on. Come on, man. So I lived in the era. Uh, 1986, I am a sixth grader in elementary school, and I have a Trapper Keeper, and on this Trapper Keeper is this crazy stylized 3D artwork, but it's all done airbrush style. And I remember as a child, I would sit there and try to figure out how to do that and how to draw that. And fast forward 2020, we now have Photoshop, which gives us gradients and almost airbrush style textures, and so I'm able to recreate that. So people like, you guys know James White, Signal Noise? Oh, dude, I love him. Dude, is he not amazing? Amazing. Huge inspiration for me. I mean, I've actually, I want to get him on the show and, and just talk about his aesthetic of it, the 80s architecture and, and just dive into his brain. He's a freaking genius. Uh, Jimmy Synthetic is another one. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram. I don't know Jimmy Synthetic. You, you need to. follow him because I'm part of like these communities, but yeah. Signal yeah, Signal Noise, when you're talking 80s retro art, he's yeah. probably at the top of the list when it comes to that stylized stuff. Um, but uh, definitely check him out as well. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break off of the mic for a minute, and we're going to go and play Defender. Now, 
how can people find Defender? It's on Spotify, which is where I found it, but is there a way that would benefit you guys more as a band? Yeah, definitely. So if you guys want to support us and make sure that uh, we get money for our music, mm -hmm. go to Bandcamp. If you're familiar with Bandcamp, go on Bandcamp, buy the music there. Um, it's pretty cheap. Which and, is what I did. Yeah, and we, yeah, we thank you. And we definitely make the most. Well, I thank you, there. bro. I thank you. <laughs> But yeah, and if you want to buy the album, like a physical album, uh, you go on Amazon and it's there. It'll get shipped to your house too. But we're really everywhere. But Bandcamp is the, the spot for us if you want to help out. We have a question before we play the song. Um, this is from Sean Cook, one of my friends, actually from church. Hey, Sean, that's awesome. Have you guys been picked up by an agent or a label? And do you have plans to chase down opportunities to open for venues? Have you? Is there any of that in your wheelhouse? Uh, we are, we are praying and hoping that someone out there uh, listens to our music and likes us enough that would like to help us out that way. Mm. Uh, we are open to anything. Um, so if you know anybody in the agent, anybody, send them our stuff, and uh, we'll be happy to go anywhere. All right. Well, we're going to take a five-minute break. We're going to play the title cut of their um, Synthwave debut version of their album, Defender. We're actually going to play Defender. So you guys sit back, relax, and enjoy the song, and we'll be right back.
wow, dude. That was crazy cool, man. So I got to ask, I, I hear drums and I hear vocals and I hear key. Who's playing the saxophone? Because somebody is really getting gnarly with a sax right there. Yeah, it's a buddy of mine. His name is Lewis. And um, he's always played sax. And he hadn't played in a long, long, long time. So then I hit him up. I was like, hey, man, look, I want some sax in my new music. And we brought him on board. So he helps us out whenever he can. Now, that really captures an 80 vibe, 80s vibe. Because the saxophone was a huge part of some of the 80s anthems. And, and even like love ballads. And so the fact you included that was peculiar, but perfect, I think, because it kind of balanced the synthwave sound. Yeah, you did like that? <laughs> yeah. But uh, so Defender, so you can guys can pick this up right now. It's actually on their Bandcamp page, which is om53.bandcamp.com. And you guys have a website as well, which is om, om-53.com as well. Yeah. Oh, really? I never knew that. What? Hyphen? Hyphen and dash the same thing. Yeah. Look, the more you know. Anyway, <laughs> just messing with you, man. But it's so cool. And we're getting a lot of like people, uh, a lot of people in the chat room are just like doing the, the, the emojis and like cool with, with the stuff. So everybody's digging it totally. So you just released a brand new single. Let's talk about your monthly cycle of releases. All right, so every month you guys release one single, right? A brand new work, a brand new creation. Now, yes. what is what is the intent and goal there? Um, a big part of it is uh, algorithm um, with Spotify uh, because they Interesting. keep track of regular posting. Um, mm -hmm. And at, if you're posting regularly, it, it notices that, and you're more likely to appear in playlists. You're more likely to, you know, kind of get picked up by these things that are happening in Spotify. Mm -hmm. um, and another part of it is we we're just writing a lot of music, and this is what we love to do. Um, and we want to we want to get this music out to people. You know, like we that's kind of ultimately the goal of what we're doing anyway. Um, and it's funny because initially we we first kind of were doing it for the algorithm reason, but then also because we were given this advice that. With, especially with new music, it's hard to expect somebody to sit down and listen to a full 10 to 12 song album. Uh, like people are so ADD, you have all this music at your fingertips. True. So nobody wants to listen to 12 songs, but if they have one song, that's that's doable. Um, so that's that's another part of it as well. Wow, we even got some marketing tips and strategies all in one show. How about that? Well, that does make a lot of sense. And I've, I've fallen victim to the Instagram algorithm. I can't begin to tell you how many times. Because I'll, I'll be wanting to see somebody's post and I never get to see it. And I'm like, what the frick? What's, what's going on here? But anyway, it makes a lot of sense. But also, too, I think creating new songs, writing new lyrics is also keeping you guys in the cycle and in the motion, keeping it fresh, keeping yourselves dialed in to what you're trying to achieve. And also, too, if you release 12 tracks in a year, boom, you got a new album, right? So you can release that. To add to that, I think my heart behind that was also connecting with people because, as Scott said, like people don't have time for 12 songs, but they'll have time for one song. Mm. So one of the things that we do is, as we release monthly, we're also releasing, releasing it, uh, an episode or documentary. So we released uh, episode one, uh, I think, last week. Yep. So every month you'll get an episode of like, who we are, what we're doing, why we do what we do, and... 
I guess as as people get to know us, it makes them be part of our family because um, we're constantly there. So, yeah, so. that's really cool. And just to kind of backtrack on that, you released one for March, which was American Dream, right? February was American Dream. American Dream. So that was for February, and and. So American Dream has this really kind of more of a Dreamwave aesthetic to it, right? So can uh, and I just happened to listen to it several times over the past couple of days, and I'm just kind of, you know, diving into the vibe and listening to the lyrics and trying to trying to find out the meaning. Um, briefly, kind of let's give us a little bit of information about American Dream and inspiration for the February release. Yeah, so American Dream is a song that um, kind of told the story of my life. And um, how growing up, I had friends that would always encourage me to seek Jesus. But I thought that, like, success and just life was something else, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then when you grow up and you realize that, hey, uh, all these things that I'm trying to achieve can only fulfill me for a little bit until, until it happens. Like, literally, you, you want this, and then you get it, and then it's like, okay, I'm empty again, right? Um, so in the lyrics, it says, like, I should have known that all this time what I really wanted and needed was Jesus. Now I know it, and I want to be with you, and I don't care where my life goes. I don't care what happens. I'm with you. That's basically the, the real American Yeah, dream. that's really cool, though, because you kind of touched on something that, you know, we chase a lot of things in society today. We're chasing, whether it be trophies or empty dreams, we're chasing things that aren't... I guess, structurally sound in terms of who we are in our faith, our spirituality, and just us as a person. And we chase a lot of things because there's so much. We're just so bombarded all the time with ads and you got to look this way. You got to be that way. You got to listen to this. You got to watch this show or you got to. And it just, American Dream, that's kind of the vibe I got from American Dream is like, no, I just need you. If, if I have you, I don't really care where, what happens next because I know that I'm safe. That's a pretty cool vibe. And so now for, for Scott and Maria, are you guys writing any of the lyrics or what is, what is like your composition input into um, OM53? Um, I, uh, I re I'm really good with melody. So any of the songs, if Chris struggles with anything, I come up with the melody like on the top of my head and like he like he's like yeah that's it that's it mm -hmm. so for a lot of the songs i created the melody for um i'm not really really good with lyrics but i mean if you need a word i'll give you a word right <laughs> um but yeah that's mostly like scott like he's really really good with like lyrics and anything else but i'm more melodies and like coming up with harmonies that's my thing you know? nice Wow, so so you're you're talking about melodies. Are you talking about like the actual melodies marrying the lyrics with the song? Is that is that kind of like? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I came up with the melody for seasons, right? Season, a bunch of them. Yeah, like seasons. I help with Fender a little bit. See, that's something I suck with. I can write a song, but I just I I just can't connect words to a melody and to a rhythm. I don't know if my, my brain is not wired that way. It's just, it doesn't work. <laughs> Scott, what about you, man? Uh, so what is, what is the uh, level that you're bringing? Yeah, so um, I, I help out with lyrics a lot, um, a lot more now as well than in, in the album that we already released. Um, 
And also, it's just my thing is I'm, I'm not really uh, I don't want to say I'm not too great with music itself. Like I don't know how to play the guitar. I actually I just had my first guitar lesson with Chris today because um, oh, I decided yeah. <laughs> I want to learn. Um, but I, I'm not too great with like I can say oh I, I think it should sound like this and kind of mouth it out. Yeah. Like, I don't really thing you know. Um, so I try and help with that part of it. And, you know, it's just kind of us working together to be like, okay, this is this is the sound he's going for. And then Chris will do it on guitar or on the synth or whatever it is. Um, and then we'll just kind of build off of that. Scott's definitely my spell check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's good to have one of those guys handy, you know? Yeah. Like, I'll come up with songs. I'll write whatever I got to do. And then I'm like, Mariah, what do you think about this melody? She's like, that's cool. But like, yeah. Just belt it out, man. So Scott, like, you know, being a percussionist, what are are there some eighties drummers or just drummers in particular that you're you're very fond of that that you're kind of you kind of like following in the in the percussion world? Um I don't love him specifically in the percussion world, but I love Phil Collins. Um, oh, yeah. And also... Good pull. Yeah, Neil Peart, for sure. Yes. Uh, but Neil Peart is a big one. Um, I think as far as 80s drummers go, those are like those are probably my two top guys that I, that I love. That's pretty jamming, dude. I mean, I was hoping you would throw in a Phil Collins in there, just because, you know? Now, yeah, Mar- now- it's the best Disney. Oh, dude! I mean, have you seen him perform recently? He still got the chops. He still—it's insane. Scott comes from a metal background. He's like metal, like he does screamo, like really. Like, yeah, Mariah's like she does theater, so that's her background. Theater, theater. theater. Yeah, like theater and R and B, like that's his stuff. He is uh, metal, like that's what, just straight up metal. And I'm like everything. I do whatever. You just mellow and just just gelling good. Now, now, Maria, I gotta ask you. Um, what are some of your influences musically that you kind of look up to? Um, I really look up to um, John Bellion. I don't know if you know John Bellion. Um, he's really different. He he's he's really different. I like his music. I like what he does. Um, I watch a lot. How I discovered John was um, on YouTube. I watched one documentary of how he um, does like music. I write songs. Yeah, like how he writes his songs, and, like little details and all this stuff. I don't know. It just like captured me. And I guess like me doing melodies. It's like wow. Like he is like my inspiration. That's how I come up with some cool melodies because it kind of like for eighties. He's he's kind he's kind of does eighties like music sometimes like little hints there yeah here and there, but um yeah i look up to him and um he's kind of a isn't he he's kind of he does hip-hop lyrics and songwriting as well doesn't he some songs yeah. okay some. i kind of want to yeah. say i've heard his music but i need to probably familiarize myself with it that's cool anybody else um and i also like mariah carey when i was really younger <laughs> um that's my wife's one of my wife's favorite too <laughs> Yeah, she I, was named after Mariah. Yeah, I was oh, little, well, duh, connect the dots. Yeah, my mom didn't have a name for me, and the nurse, like, after I was born, the nurse was like, okay, what do you want to name her? I was originally supposed to be named Karina, 
Um, but then Mariah Carey was on TV um, give, having like an interview, and she said, okay, well, I'm going to name her Mariah. That's how I was saying Mariah. Well, there you go. All right, now I got to go to the, the man in the middle, Chris. So what are some of your influences musically? Oh, man, it's crazy. Um, and I'm, so, leading, I'm leading up to something here, too, so as we're going through this. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I shoot a few at you quick. I uh, love Coldplay. I love them. Oh, God. Um, I love Coldplay. And uh, I asked Mariah out at the Coldplay concert here in New Jersey. Um, love John Mayer. Um, who else? I'm trying to think. Um, dude, it's just I like every I, – I, I have so many influences. That's why I told you I'm like the melting pot. Uh, yeah, I listen to a lot of stuff, man. Now, if we go older – course like you said phil collins um believe it or not i like white snake uh really think like yeah i do like white snake um man i don't know it's just so many put me on the spot here. well while you're thinking now you said you asked her out at a coldplay concert does that mean you guys are a couple okay so that answer Okay, that answers that question. That would explain. Okay, because I, I, I was I was going through and I was like, okay, so you said you did that. You said you did this. I just wanted to make sure that we got the logistics down of that. That's awesome. <laughs> well, congratulations, guys. You guys are fresh, freshly newlyweds. Beautiful. So, Taking off the market, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that? Yeah, that's how that rolls. Awesome, that's sauce. It. All right, so. Now, I've heard some inspirations, and I've heard some of your guys' um, who, who you look up to. Give me your top two 80s bands that you, that you listen to. Your top two. We'll start with Scott, Chris, and then Mariah. Uh, all right. I need, I need a minute here. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. Um, well, we can go with top top one. That's it, wild because the things like it, the eighties is so broad. It is like so it is broad. so broad. I know it is. <laughs> you can go from like um, like Tears for Fears, and then you can go all the way to like Guns and Roses, Depeche Mode. Yeah. Yeah. Like such a hard thing to choose. Yeah, I think I think for me, yeah, Tears for Fears is definitely up there. Um, Maybe uh, Duran Duran. Ah, so you're hungry like a wolf too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, so legit. See, I love this because I'm putting you, I'm making you guys, I'm making your wheels spin, and it's a you beautiful thing. This, this is very hard for me. You can, <laughs> ask, you can ask my wife right here, right now. Like, when I go to the store and I like two shirts and I can only buy one, I'll buy both. I'll say, I like them both. I'm taking I can't decide. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, just can you give me your number one? Is there one on your playlist that you just you go to subconsciously? Uh, I don't know. That's okay. That's hard. It's too hard. For me. It's too hard for you. Okay. Well, the fact you like Coldplay that's pretty legit. I um, I, 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 we're we're going fast forwarding. I know, but Coldplay. I actually got to see their 2012 tour when they came through for Milo Zalo, and they played okay. in Tampa. And that was a big deal between my wife and I because that was um, our two-year anniversary. For... You know, I have, I have one of Jeff's picks. Do you really? Huh? Yeah. I, have, I have, you know, the Zylo bands that would light up in the concert? 
I have I have mine in a drawer here. It's 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 pretty crazy, but uh, definitely one of my favorite bands as well. I, I like Coldplay. Um, now, Mariah, do you do you have a favorite? Uh... I don't have a favorite band because uh... it could be a person. Yeah, it could be a person. Yeah. Okay, so then I I like Cyndi Lauper. Um, I also like Michael Jackson. Mm. So those are like yeah, like King of yeah, Pop, like, man. Big guy. Yeah. yeah. Hard, man. I, I'm not gonna do that. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all I good. Like I, I feel like I'm betraying the rest. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. Now, are there plans to take ON53 on the road to like you know all the states and and, and just do this really cool tour? Is is that is that is that the focused vision going forward? Yes, yes uh, definitely plans, and they're all like faith plans. Uh, we we don't know how. We don't know um, when. We don't even have the money for it, but our goal is to be able to do this um, like full time. God, if you're here, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we want to do that. So right now we have our next show on March 21st in Texas, and uh, I can't even say the Beaumont, name. Beaumont, Texas. Beaumont, Texas. Yeah. Um, I saw it on your website. I may have been stalking. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> and then uh, yes, yeah, some other stuff that's coming that will. Now. Uh, in the current situation that you guys are in, like if say you guys wanted to, you know, go to uh, another state like Illinois or Indiana or Florida or whatever, what is the process for that for you? Do, are you guys working on just a a donation or are you? How does that work? I know that's kind of an internal question, but I'm just curious yeah. because I would love to get you guys here in Orlando. Well, definitely, uh, just kind of help to cover travels. Like if, if we could. At this point, just kind of um, like break even with the cost yeah. of getting there, whether it's a plane or we just rent a van and drive, uh, and then we can sell merch over there. So basically, just like kind of help us get there. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, we've covered all the bases now. Is there anything that I've missed in the in the world of OM53 that you guys personally want to highlight? Is there something that I've not touched on that uh, you would want to? let the the viewers know well definitely to follow us on um on instagram because that's where we stay in touch the most with people mm -hmm. and we we talk to anybody so any questions you guys got or you want to chat whatever uh go to our instagram uh you can find links to all the different things like our patreon patreon oh we have a patreon too which our goal is to make at least 200 bucks monthly so that those 200 bucks can help us cover uh, travel expenses because we want to come to you guys. And it's insane, like, all the messages we get from people, like, in all the different states, like, L.A. L.A. is like, please come to L.A. Uh, Florida. Uh, bro, it's yeah. countless different states and then countries. But um, right now, we kind of, like, can only really do the U.S. because that's what we can afford right now. Mm -hmm. um, but... Yeah, so if you want to help us out, if you believe in our mission and what we're doing, and uh, you want to help us out, go on Patreon and uh, support us if you'd like. That's awesome. So make sure you follow these guys on um, Instagram uh, as well, and be sure to go to their website and subscribe to their YouTube channel because they're doing something really unique on their YouTube channel. Uh, Chris had talked about it earlier where they're kind of like going behind the scenes and just discussing their heart for the project that they're doing. And I just think that's cool because we're getting all the perspectives from Scott and from Mariah as well. 
And so everybody's kind of like, you know, this is who I am as a person, and this is why this genre and this style, and this is why this appeals to me. And also, too, and even like in Defender, the new music video that you guys released, it kind of tells a story uh, in in the way it was shot and, and filmed, and it's just a beautiful thing. So go to YouTube and subscribe to that, and they're on Facebook as well. And um, you can add them on Spotify and stuff on your playlist, but if you really want to help them out financially, be sure to go to their Bandcamp page, and that's om-53.bandcamp.com, and uh, support these guys. I mean, it's just awesome what they're doing, and they're doing it out of the love of their heart and just for the love of, of a culture that's kind of making a resurgence into the culture that we live in today. And, you know, Chris, you talked about pop culture. It's funny how things, you know, reciprocate. Things come back and come full circle. And here I am, I'm seeing people wear, you know, this attire in public that I'm like, holy cow, that's, that's insane. You've got leg warmers on and neon shirts. And I'm just like, holy cow, I'm getting slapped across the face because this is like the 80s all in my face. And that you guys are just kind of one of, your trend setting in a way and in a format and in a genre, especially in the Christian world, that's never been done before. And I, I, my, my prayer, my hope for you guys is you get picked up by a label and you get all the means and resources needed to be able to continue this mission and just create this amazing music that you guys are continuing to do. And I just thank you so much for you know, spending time with me on this Sunday evening, just chatting about things that, you know, we're both passionate about, which is the 80s. So thank you guys so much. And um, I really do appreciate it from uh, from all of us here at Pop X. All right, man. Well, uh, from all of us here, we're going to get ready and wrap things up here. And I'm going to actually play another song and we're going to close this out. So, Chris, you got any anything else you want to add before we uh, let you go? Thank you guys very much. Um, we love you all, and uh, we hope you join our family. That's it. All righty, so take care. We'll see you on episode 108 coming up in two weeks right here on PopX Cast. And uh, be sure to join us on the Creative Multiverse on Facebook groups. Uh, it's just a bunch of artists that create a lot of really cool stuff. And be sure to connect with PopX Cast over on Twitter, uh, uh, Facebook, and Instagram, and YouTube at popxcast and if you want to send us out an email it's popxcast at gmail.com or our website popxcast.com and uh so that's it from all of us here we're going to close with set my heart the second favorite song of om53 and you guys take care and we'll see you next time right here on popxcast Eyes. You need the stars and the seasons The 
PopX Cast. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes, and don't forget to subscribe for more great content. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at PopXCast. Get your geek on.